Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What's about to be discussed is a fairly uh, intellectual and open-minded, calm, dare I say, sophisticated discussion of our current politics. It will, however, include people fornicating with chickens. Okay? Wow, that's a interesting... So a little something for everybody is what I'm saying. <sighs> Dead chickens, by the way. Oh, gross. Well, is it? wait a second. I think that's mm. better than live chickens. Yes, it mm. is better than live chickens, the more I think about it. Better in terms of your satisfaction or morally or what? Morally speaking. Oddly yeah. enough, that's kind of what was going on. Uh, with the chicken blanket. Yeah, I should be, uh, I don't want to go too far down this road, but we already have. I should be more disturbed if I find out my neighbor is doing that with live chickens and dead chickens. Yeah, so, yeah, right. I know nothing about chicken sexual response or whether that would be like painful or what. I, I, I and I, I don't want to talk about it, but I think you're probably right. Anyway, the significance of the chicken chicken blanket will be discussed. This is an article uh, that appeared uh, recently by Guy Denton. And He's of course, interview- with the chicken sex thing, the question would be, which came first? Oh, boy. The chicken or the egg? Guy Denton. The rooster's having sex with the hen. Who's the chicken having sex with? They're all chickens. Perhaps my all-time favorite moment from Seinfeld, a show that went off the air like 30 years ago, (laughs) which always shocks me. Anyway, where were we? 
Uh, Guy Denton wrote this piece. He's interviewing Jonathan Haidt, who's one of my favorite people, one of my favorite scribes. He wrote the article. Uh, it was one day when Jack was off. I went at length into this piece, why the last 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid, which was by Jonathan Haidt. He, uh, well, they, they mentioned some of the other things he's written. So I'll just hit this, hit you with parts of this article and we will discuss. Um, he's very depressed about American society and politics. Philosophically, intellectually, I'm depressed. I'm Cassandra. I see doom coming towards us. He wrote that article for The Atlantic, why the past 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid. He argues that social media has emboldened illiberal forces while eroding trust in institutions, fostering extreme polarization, degrading standards of behavior, and stimulating a mental health crisis among the young. Previously, he explored the rise of adolescent depressants, uh, depression, anxiety, and suicide in the coddling of the American mind, uh, written with free speech lawyer Greg Lukianoff, who's another one of my heroes. At the end of the book, though, the authors identify several green shoots, encouraging developments in culture that could reverse these trends. But four years later, as America reels from COVID-19, the final months of Trump's presidency, etc., things have only gotten worse, massively worse, Height tells me. We saw these green shoots, and none of them have grown. All the green shoots are dead. Ay, caramba. Wow. Yeah. When he began writing a previous piece that they mentioned in 2009, he saw American politics is essentially healthy, populated predominantly by center-left Democrats and center-right Republicans, who ultimately respected the liberal tradition despite their disagreements. Now he believes both parties have been consumed by authoritarian forces that were largely confined to the fringe in the 90s and 2000s. What social media did, he says, quote, is super empower four groups, the far right, the far left, trolls, and Russian agents. The Republicans have always had the John Birch wing. The left has its woke fringe that's Jacobin, it's Maoist. So we have these incredibly illiberal wings on each side that now have so much power over the two major parties, and look what's happening in the country. Now I will depart from the egg-headed philosophizing to tell you he went to Yale and studied philosophy and psychology. My brother and, went to Yale. He robbed a Yamba use. It's one of my favorite jokes from Saturday Night Live. Hilarious. But he went for his PhD at the University of Pennsylvania. He earned his PhD in psychology in 92. His dissertation, Moral Judgment, Affect and Culture, or Is It Wrong to Eat Your Dog? It concerned the role of disgust in moral judgment. In it, he gave interviewees examples of repulsive yet harmless behavior. For instance, a man goes to the supermarket once a week and buys a dead chicken in the meat counter. Well, he buys a chicken. I don't think most people... (laughs) Well, at the supermarket. But he wanted to make it clear that the chicken was deceased. I'm home from the grocery store. Did you get some dead cow? No. Did you get some hamburger or steaks? Again, you're missing the point, as you so often do. He wanted to make it clear it wasn't a live chicken, okay? Uh, so he uh, goes to the supermarket once a week, buys a chicken. But before cooking the chicken, he has sexual intercourse with it. Then he cooks and eats it. To test whether the emotion of disgust would overpower reason in people's responses. Um, and he and when you first it, said it, I, 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 I was repulsed with disgust when you first said it. Right. The point was, are moral judgments driven by intuition, gut feelings, or rationality? Mm. 
That's what he was trying to figure out. Is morality more driven by intuition or rationality? Which is an interesting question. But what's even more interesting is that disgust won out among all the groups, except for groups of politically liberal college students, particularly Americans who overrode their disgust and said that people have a right to do what they want as long as they don't hurt anybody else. But that trend in young Americans is now dead. And he writes, uh, he began to apply his moral theory to political ideology in an effort to understand the psychology of conservatives, libertarians, and progressives. This is kind of cool. To gain a fair understanding of conservative beliefs, because he was a man of the left, he read National Review alongside the New Republic and watched Fox News. Quote, it was really, really interesting to do that week after week. I really just felt my mind growing like, oh, I never looked at it that way. And in The Righteous Mind, something you wrote in 2012, I believe, he explored why human beings diverge so drastically on political and religious questions, describing three principles of moral psychology that lead people to different ethical conclusions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to get too far into that because it's, uh, it's interesting, but it's kind of a, a, a distraction. Um, and But he points out that as the real world's become much more tied to the virtual landscape, illiberalism has grown. For progressives, it manifests in cancel culture, hostility to free speech, an overriding concern with emotional safety. Haidt recalls that in his early years as an academic, like when he was doing the study, there was none of this in higher education because the kids, the students were Gen X. They were partying, hooking up, smoking pot. They were doing things kids do. You can't have cancel culture without social media or technology. A lot of the ideas that have been around since the 90s, words or violence, things like that, but they didn't leave the like progressive departments of psychology until the walls fell. It took social media to dissolve the walls between everything. Um, then he says, tribalism is very natural and easy. Us versus them. They will trump any moral foundation. If it's an existential struggle between us and the bad guys, then the ends justify the means. And if our side has to break a few eggs, break a few laws, break a few rules, I would add tear apart the Constitution, look what they're doing. That's fine. People will gladly throw away any specific moral principles in service of defeating the enemy. Until recently, the great success of modern liberal democracy was that it largely kept this primal impulse at bay. We used to see elections as a game that we trust, and if our side loses, well, we better work harder to win next time. And of all of the horrible things Trump did, I think literally committing to winning an election by any means before the election even happened is among the most shameful things anyone's ever done in American history. And the Republican Party, to its eternal shame, backed him up and protected him. Now, if you're pissed off by that because it's against your tribe, he absolutely whoops the S out of the left. And they're silencing and they're censoring and they're cancel culture and they're extremist ideology and the rest of it. But his point is, both sides are doing it. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier, this YouGov uh, data. A few years back, they uh, they said that Republicans were more likely than Democrats by a fair amount years ago to see the other side as an enemy. But it's now equal for a variety of reasons. It probably depends on who's president or whatever. But now, now both parties... Because if you if you're given the choice of choosing, does a Democrat winning asking a Republican? Ask obviously it'd be the reverse if you do it the other way around. But so you ask Republicans, does a Democrat just mean that Democrat win simply means you're not getting your desired policy, or quote if they win, your life or your entire way of life may be threatened. And now it's close to seventy percent on both sides 
choose the if they win, my life or entire way of life may be threatened. And yeah. and just as you were saying, if you believe that, well, then you can justify anything, any breaking of norms or tearing down of institutions or or doing things unconstitutional. Right. And and what one of the main points of uh, Heights uh, piece for the Atlantic that I keep referring to was that because of social media, the forces on, quote unquote, the other side or my side, for that matter, who are angry lunatics who are actually dangerous, they appear to be. The entire side. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you'd asked me 15 years ago if if Democrats threaten my way of life and blah, 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 I'd have said no. They'll, they'll cause more government bloat, and they'll provide disincentives toward innovation and success, but it, it doesn't matter, because even if they win this election, we'll win the next one. So it's sure. everything's going to yeah. be okay. I look at social media, especially right now, or cancel culture, or people getting hounded out of colleges for daring to disagree, and I think, no, it's dangerous now. It's not ho-hum. It's dangerous. Because, because Republicans think all Democrats are the libs of TikTok, and Democrats think all Republicans are the people that stormed the Capitol and were beating policemen. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Two hundred depression. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, getting back to this uh, John Height interview, this article. Uh, he's one of my favorite writers and thinkers. But uh, it was all about politics, right? We were talking about you know the tribal extremists were all angry at each other. Politics, but he's at one point in the interview, he says, "What I really want to talk about, though, is the mental state of young Americans." 
because he's crazy passionate on that topic, and I think he's right. He's always right. In The Coddling of the American Mind, which he wrote with Greg Lukianoff, they explored how rates of depression and anxiety had surged among teenagers since the early 2010s. And for height, two factors explain this trend. Fragility caused by a loss of free play in childhood. Kids don't develop the the confidence, the resiliency, the creativity, and just the the boldness that you need to become an adult because all of the struck all of the play is structured and uniformed and the rest of it. And a widespread entry into social media at a young age. I think your generation has what we might call emotional scurvy, Height Ooh. told the young journalist. That's a terrible word. By keeping children safe, we've made them so weak that they are easily frightened and they have higher suicide rates. If we take all of the lives saved because kids don't get kidnapped or hit by cars, that's probably several dozen. It might be several hundred. But the number of extra deaths from suicide dwarfs that. Mm. With social media, puberty is when the brain is changing rapidly. For kids to go through puberty, showing photos of themselves and letting strangers evaluate them is a horrible thing. And the, But that's before COVID. And he writes, when the COVID-19 pandemic made forced social isolation the norm, damn you people who enforce that on kids, social media use hugely expanded and free play became even less common. Hyde recalls that despite obvious difficulties, his children made it through it, made through it, but even so, quote, our kids spend most of COVID on their screens, much less physical movement, much less in-person interaction. So their generation was already crushed by so many bad things, then the overreaction to COVID came along. The right was pathologically motivated to minimize or deny, leading more Republicans to get killed by it. And the left was pathologically motivated to amplify or exaggerate, leading to overly repressive regulations that might have made sense for the elderly, but never made sense for children. That's some good stuff. I live a block away from a park that was empty and surrounded by police tape. For months. Shocking. Yeah. I wish I did. I don't know if I ever took a picture of it or not. I think I tweeted out pictures, but God, that that might be my the lasting memory I have of COVID when I'm a 90 year old is the police tape around the playground structure in an empty park. Whoa, Which what is a precisely weird, where the children should have been. What a weird dystopian is this really happening thing that was. Catch me and outside, f- how about that? And the fact that it was not only not necessary, it was the opposite of necessary. It was horribly damaging. Yet our great health authorities insisted on it. If you're looking for a hopeful note, there's kind of, sort of, kind of a couple of hopeful notes here. One which I will squash, and the other which I will let live. So... The recent uh, Atlantic essay Height Road called for ordinary Americans and political leaders uh, alike to make personal and institutional changes to heal our democracy. Much of this responsibility will fall to the same members of Generation Z who've been damaged by social digitalization. When I ask Height whether he believes this generation will be strong enough to make such changes, he answers directly, no, I don't. (laughs) The young people are not strong and resilient enough to make the changes. But this is interesting. Because and and you, some of you've been listening to this. You've squirmed. You've screamed. How dare you, A and G? I thought you were conservatives or blah blah blah. A lot of people are probably uncomfortable with this. So Jack, this I, I'm reading this part mostly for you. Our waitress brings us the check, and as we prepare to leave, I persuade Height to offer a modicum of optimism. 
Well, he says the appetite for reform and change is vast. The great majority of Gen Z hates what's happening to them. The vast majority of Americans are exhausted. They're fed up. And this was the biggest surprise of my Atlantic essay. Even though I said very harsh things about the Republican Party and very harsh things about the cultural left, I expected a lot of people to attack me for that. And nobody did. I mean, there were like maybe eight mean tweets. I put forward prescriptions, and they're not trivial things, but nobody has objected. I think there's the appetite to do some pretty substantial things. So that's absolutely hopeful. Wow. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to so hear he that. So he went out and, and said, I'm going to offend everybody when I say this. And everybody came back and said, you know what? I'm not really offended. No, I agree. Other than the the always offended Anger, constant anger crowd. The and I was thinking about this the other day. I was going through email, uh, which luckily doesn't bother me much anymore. It used to a little bit, but um, the crowd that is always angry and always one hundred percent certain that they're right. Can you imagine? I mean, picture a person like that. They're always bulletproof in their confidence and always angry. What a sad unhappy life that must be yeah and then there's the troll crowd which i don't even know what that is that's just well they're portraying that other group of people for their own amusement which is sick and weird i just don't get it i don't get it either but i have an outlet so maybe if i didn't have it no i don't think i'd be a troll even if i didn't have this outlet i'd be a lovable wag a gadfly armstrong and getty Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER this is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Here's Armstrong and 
get it. So I want to see if I can do a good job on handling this giant story that happened over the weekend that you might have come across because there were so many headlines. Let me go with The Hill had the headline over the weekend. Depression is likely not caused by chemical imbalance. I've been hearing that for like my whole life. Uh, The conversation, which I don't know. Depression is probably not caused by uh, lack of serotonin. Uh, The Australian, because this story was huge around the world. Depression is not caused by a serotonin deficiency. The Guardian, little evidence that chemical imbalance causes depression. Science alert, huge new study suggests depression isn't a serotonin deficiency. New scientist, no link between depression and serotonin. Obviously, that's a huge headline. The Telegraph, depression is not caused by chemical imbalance. And I could go on and on and on. Psychology Today, serotonin imbalance found not to be linked to depression. I almost wish that the Vice article had come out after we did all these others because it's a little more fun and easy to take in the way this all was reported. You have a commenter? No. Yeah. So um, that is all true from this new study. Uh, Vice wanted to take this on because they and some scientists are concerned that people are overreacting to that headline. Although it is, a, it's no matter what, it's a big deal. Um. I'll just read from uh, from the uh, from the article. Uh, depression has been treated as a deficiency or a chemical imbalance, a deficiency of an abnormal level of serotonin too low, and people have been taking antidepressants, SSRIs, which are a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, by changing serotonin levels in the brain, making a person feel better for years. This study coming out, the depression is not related to your serotonin levels, obviously would be, well, can be a big deal. Well, my obvious question, I think everybody has it, is haven't these drugs helped people with depression? A fair amount? I mean, a lot? Uh, they have, which gets to... Um, well, let me read a little more from Vice, which helps set up what the original story was and was not. Still, um, the art, the uh, various papers asserted, or the actually the scientists asserted, that patients have been told by doctors that antidepressants work by correcting an underlying chemical imbalance in the same way insulin treats diabetes. I actually remember uh, when I was uh, briefly on an SSRI years ago for no good reason um, that that's what I was told. Chemical imbalance, you know, it's got nothing to do with you. It's just serotonin levels, blah, blah, blah. You take this. Um, The paper does not find that this is not supported by evidence that it's got anything to do with serotonin levels that cause depression. If they are not rectifying an underlying chemical deficiency, then this brings up the question you just asked. What are the SSRIs actually doing? The two researchers suggested the placebo effect or the emotional numbing of antidepressants, which it does. It just numbs your emotions. Oh. May explain why it helps some people overcome a low mood. Some people might want to take drugs that numb emotions, but many probably would not, they said if they knew that's what it was doing. But uh, the reason Vice did this big article that just came out yesterday to try to fight back against some of the drive-by media stuff is uh, pointing out that the researchers did not come up with, first of all, they did no studies on how effective SSRIs are in depression. And there are a lot of studies out there that say they are, lots of them, like, and have been for many, many years, that lots and lots of people benefit from 
these antidepressants. All they're saying is there's no evidence it's because of the serotonin thing, which is why we took it in the first place. So it's working, but not for the reasons they said. And where does that leave us? That's basically... Vice just wants to point out, don't throw out your antidepressants. If they're working, they're working. We just don't know why. Wow, what an odd situation. I'd where say, does it leave us? It leaves us befuddled. I'd say, how much of it is the placebo effect? How much of it is just the numbing? So you don't feel pain. You also don't feel near as much joy as you probably would like or any other things. And if you go further down that road, and that's, um, so uh, Vice.com was talking about the anti-psychiatric movement that there is a lot of in America. It's psychiatry versus psychology, which is a constant battle. And I feel like psychiatry has been winning that battle for like most of my adult life. And I wonder if psychology is like rearmed and uh, and trying to, uh, you know, push psychiatry back a little bit. As I have seen plenty of both for uh, for family members, I'll leave it vague, plenty of both. And I mean, without exception, the psychiatrists who deal in medicine don't even think about <laughs> the any of the other possibilities. It's just, here's the drug that will right. fix that. So many of the therapists, including a psychologist, PhD-level psychologist I was t- talking to recently, yet, that's what everybody wants to do, a pill to fix everything when it's not the problem at all, a pill to fix everything. So they're 100%, well, this guy was 100%, on, no, there's all kinds of underlying psychological issues that if you deal with them, you'll be fine, but you have to deal with them. It's not something you fix with the pill. Yeah. And, man, correcting that whole problem... Uh, I'd, I'd be shocked if we haven't gone too far down the pill road. I mean, just how, oh, how could I guarantee we... you we have, having dealt with that system myself and said, you know, co- cognitive therapy, how would, how would that work? Well, yeah, that's shown some promise, but uh, blah, blah, blah. Here, take these. I mean, the interest in anything other than administering pills was, well, there wasn't any. It was, for, it was incredibly discouraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, take these. Uh, I'll read from Vice again. Media coverage has honed in on the review's findings specifically as they relate to the use of antidepressants. The Daily Mail reported today's landmark findings call into question society's ever-growing reliance on antidepressants like Prozac. The Guardian's subhead was researchers question use of antidepressants prescribed to one in six U.K. adults. It's even a higher number in the U.K. than it is in the United States. Uh, in the conversation, two of the paper's authors wrote, if antidepressants exert their effects as a placebo or by numbing emotions, then it's not clear that they do more good than harm. That's not clear that they don't, though. So that the, the scientists didn't say that. I mean, you're implying things that, you know, might not be true. Um, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this whole idea. I, I, I talked to somebody who does research for a living about this yesterday as they got into some of the papers and what's being said and what's not. And this is the underlying battle the psychiatry versus psychology stuff out there. And the one time that I tried one of these SSRIs, I remember walking out of the doctor's office shocked at how easy it was to get on one of these drugs and mm-hmm. how and how there's, there's nobody that asks the question of, 
How's your attitude? Do you have a crappy attitude? Do you blame everybody for your situation when a lot of it was caused by your own actions? Nobody's talking about any of that stuff. And if you deny that that's a factor in a lot of people's happiness, well, then you're just living on on a different planet. Well, and I remember at the time you saying, since it was a very difficult time, that you weren't depressed, you were sad. Right. Right. Well, it did that. Yeah, that's part of it too. Sadness over bad things happening is a completely normal thing. And sometimes sadness over a big deal like a spouse dying or a child dying or a divorce or whatever it is is completely normal, natural, and lasts a long time. Should you take pills to numb that? I don't know. That's up to you. But, you know, that. Well, clearly, no. I mean, let's default toward no and then convince me otherwise if it if it needs to happen. I, I think clearly no. And then just that also, the other part of, have you ever had a crappy attitude where somehow you got it turned around and you realized, you know, I was just looking at everything negatively. Or somebody points out your, you know, your role in something that went wrong when you're blaming your boss or your wife or your kid or your bo- whatever. Yeah. You know, the government, uh, somebody points out your role in some decision making, and all of a sudden it, it changes your whole attitude. Has that ever happened to you? If it hasn't happened to you, you've had a weird life. But people get on drugs for that all the time. Well, and one thing we haven't delved into yet in this discussion is, correct me if I'm wrong, that there's an increase in suicidal ideation and suicide yeah. on these drugs and... Quite a few of the school shooters have been on these drugs with their numb emotions, and they're feeling like there's no point in life. Yeah, well, the Vice headline, the new study on serotonin and depression isn't about antidepressants. I feel like they pushed just as far the other direction to being a little misleading as the original articles maybe did. Um, You know, the pushback was necessary, but... Uh, sure, the scientists in this study did not get into, do antidepressants work? Why do they work? Blah, 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 blah. They didn't get into the suicide stats you're talking about, people on antidepressants. But, man, it's certainly something that the world ought to take a look at. And you can't pretend it's not a big deal that if you were taking a drug to do a specific thing and it turns out it doesn't do that thing, <laughs> that, that seems pretty monumental. I would say, but where do we go from here? Goodness. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I personally I'm hoping there's a swing back somewhat toward let's take a look at the psychology in your life before we start using meds. I don't know how that would work. I don't know how the medical system would handle that cuz my primary care physician who put me on antidepressants years ago, he's not equipped to talk to me about my attitude or anything like that. That's not that's not what he does. Right. 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 Do you make it, wow, you know, really mandatory that that people see us? Uh, uh, and you know, I've got a pretty bad attitude about therapy because I've been through with the lots of family members a lot of it, and I think more often than not, it does nothing except cost a lot of money. Um, uh, not that it can't work for you. Not claiming that, but so so if you if you are depressed and you go into your doctor and they say that and the doctor says well i can't prescribe you this after you until you've seen you know a psychologist to determine whether this is a psychological thing as opposed to a medical thing well how does that even work how long does that take well, how long are you horribly depressed before you get in to see a therapist who may or may not be any good uh, to help you with the psychological problem i don't have any answers to any of that 
Well, and the the provisional answer to that right now is it's going to take you months and months and months, if not years, to get an appointment with anybody. And then you get there and you find out they're bad at their jobs, which, you know, a fair number <laughs> of therapists are. So, we, oh, my God, we've got such a mental health crisis right oh, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. But, one in six Brits are on one of these antidepressants for their lack of serotonin, which turns out is not a thing. Although it can work, they just don't know why. I mean, it is working for a lot of people. They're just not sure why. But it ain't because of the serotonin part. That's really interesting, man. Wow. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So a couple of stories of note I wanted to update you on. Maybe you've been following them, maybe you haven't. But uh, are you familiar with the story of South Carolina, like super powerful lawyer Alex Murdoch? Looks like Murdoch. I came across a story in the USA Today when it was first breaking. I've been following it ever since. But so this this is the guy who, and this is in roughly chronological order, his son gets charged with a drunk boating thing that killed a girl. Not long after that, that son and this Murdoch guy's wife get gunned down outside their hunting estate. I don't have a hunting estate. It sounds nice. And hunting isn't the name of the town. They have an estate just for hunting. Out in rural South Carolina, I guess. So anyway, uh, terrible, mysterious. Also, not too long before that, their housekeeper had died under mysterious circumstances. Well, okay, now you're getting a lot of very weird things that never happened to anybody happen in one family. 
Not to mention a guy who is kind of down at the end of the road, not far from their place, uh, got hit by a car and died. Um, and, and all this stuff was piling up. And people are starting to say, you know, this sounds like more than a coincidence. Well, they start digging. Turns out, among other things, this Murdoch guy is a opioid addict and is dealing the stuff. Oh, wow. He has stolen and squandered millions of dollars of his client's money. Okay, so this including is the dead lady. Okay, so it, so he was thirteen kinds of dirty, just awful, and he's just gotten charged a few days ago with the murder of his wife and his son. Wow, I had not heard that. Yeah, with a rifle and a shotgun. Wow, you know, and it's it's unthinkable. It's horrible. It's unforgivable. But you know, you're in the midst of some horrible, you know, I don't know, breakup of a marriage, and she accuses you of the crime of passion. Blah blah blah. But to shotgun your child? Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to dwell on that because it's so horrifying. But so it, they're digging into this, and it, it it turns out again he stole millions of dollars of clients' money. He would win a lawsuit, then bilk them for all their money. Now, this guy, I forgot to mention, was like the third generation of his family to be the district attorney, the super heavyweight lawyer of that chunk of South Carolina, his county. So they called him a scion of, of the legal community. The, the They were the patriarchs, blah, blah, blah. Most powerful family in the county, except maybe for the Lafitte family, which founded the big bank in the area in 1907, just three years before Murdoch's great-grandfather founded the law firm that bore his name and Murdoch came up in, okay? So this Lafitte character comes from the giant, powerful banking family there. Turns out Lafitte was in cahoots with Murdoch to steal all these clients' money. He was bilking people at the bank out of their money. And and there was like a, 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 a couple of sisters whose parents were killed in an accident. Murdoch gets a huge settlement. This banker's entrusted with managing the money, and they both bilk these the girls wow. out of all their money. And so the two most powerful families, this is so out of Shakespeare, in a county, that third, fourth generation, utterly crooked. Power corrupts. Man, that's some old-timey actual privilege there where people are uh, taking advantage of their power for a long time apparently well and they were in this sort of position where you don't dare question the the murders or the lafitte's my god you even whisper something you'd be out on your ear oh yeah nobody will hear it i'm sure if you want to do business in that county you have to and and then yeah and then one more story uh do i have time yeah i think i do I don't know if you heard about this. There's this uh, ballet dancer who sued her teacher and his wife, uh, accusing them of sexual abuse, pressuring her, forcing her to have sex with the two of them while she was underage. And, and oh, it was geez. a classic grooming and like the, the, the swimming and the volleyball and the gymnastics and the rest of it. OK, seemed ugly. Well, they are counter suing her now saying she was actually, an, uh, in effect, an underaged prostitute who was having sex with various people for large sums of money, including the owner of the Edmonton Oilers NHL team, who says, oh, whoa, 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 no, 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 I was absolutely, we were developing a project together about ballet. Okay. He was 50-something, she seven, was 17 at the time. And so... 
Oh, oh, and that's right. And then part of the the story from the the uh, the disgraced ballet teacher and his wife was quote. Humphreys, that's the victim, the, the girl, was literally a child prostitute to a billionaire, and her mother assisted her in laundering the money she was paid and in trafficking her to Mr. Katz, which is the name of the, the hockey owner. So, and, and they have a bunch of texts, and it's not clear how they got them, um, but they're saying, no, 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 mom and daughter are running an underage sex and extortion ring. So she would... The kid would, then there is no such thing as consent with a child. I'm fully aware of that. There's not uh, no such thing as a child prostitute. They're a victim of child sex trafficking. Get that. But what the countersuit is saying is that mom would traffic out her daughter for tens of thousands of dollars to have sex with people and then, if necessary, blackmail them to make even more money. Oh, man. Yeah, we had sex with her when she was 18, but we were a thruple. Everybody was happy. So, yeah, this one has turned just insane. Uh, the lawyer for the ballet dancer uh, young woman says uh, uh, it's baseless and scurrilous. This is a one a meaningless sideshow. All but, right. Uh, wow. Wow. You know, I was thinking about this the other day as the monkeypox was spreading, and I can't remember. There was another story about sexually transmitted diseases. And, and pregnancy and abortion and the rest of it. You know, the, 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 the rules, the guidelines for how to comport yourself sexually that have existed for thousands of years, they exist for a reason. Yeah, makes your life easier. Oh, yeah. To live that wild lifestyle, man, that is a minefield. Armstrong and Getty. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.